So just before we start, I wanted to remind you, if you've not already done so, to please subscribe, rate and comment on whichever app you're using. It really helps to get the podcast listened to by more people. Also, just by recommending it to one other person, this makes a massive difference to our numbers of listeners. Thank you. That's it. On with the podcast. Hi, Dad. Hi, Celine. Did you know that you and I are about the same age if you count time living in the world? What do you mean? Well, as you know, I left a high-control religious group around the time you were born. So you're in your 20s then? (laughs) Well, maybe my head. The thing is, though, because I had all of my beliefs about morals, science, politics, religion, philosophy provided for me, I spent the last 25 years trying to work out what I should think about a whole bunch of stuff and work out what's going on. No one knows what's going on, Dad. (laughs) Well, I think it's about time we did. What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine. And I'm Stephen. And today is a you topic, isn't it? A me topic. Yeah, I chose mm-hmm. today's topic. Um, there's been a lot of stuff on the news recently. It's been trending on Twitter um, and that's all about aliens. So I thought that would be quite an interesting subject to talk about. Not that we're going to turn this podcast into a, um, you know, an aliens type podcast. No, I probably um, would bounce if you started think... that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's a really interesting question to ask: um, How would religions and groups like Jehovah's Witnesses respond if we uh, found that there was life on other planets? Um, so I think that's a that's a really interesting question. There's not, I don't think it's been discussed very much. I did a little bit of research, and there are some discussions about it, but um, it feels like quite a big deal to me for religions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have to readjust or adjust their thinking quite a bit. So anyway, so that's the subject. So yeah, aliens, uh, life on other planets. What would happen to religious groups? Uh, fundamentalist groups, mainstream religious groups, if we found out that there was life on other planets? I suppose there'd have to be questions answered such as like the whole in his image thing would be one because like yeah. presumably the aliens all look different unless there's just a bunch of humans out there just all on different places. But um, Yeah, like Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, just loads of humanoids. Um, Slightly different um, bone like structure on there skulls but other than that they're pretty much human yeah yeah but um you know like vulcans just humans with like very good emotional management but you know yeah but like uh you know presuming that's not the case there'll have to be a discussion of the whole in his image thing and i don't know about other religions but christianity makes a big deal out of that it does if you that again that depends on whether you see that literally or whether you interpret that verse literally um jehovah's witnesses don't so jehovah's witnesses say that it's in his image in respect to their moral capacity their ability to yeah understand um i suppose higher things spiritual Uh, so they're ready to they're ready to pioneer in the great beyond and bring in 
alien Jehovah's Witnesses to be morally well, like him? I mean, that's so a really interesting question. Um, uh, before we get there, can can I just set it up a little bit so that we, we kind of mm-hmm. understand the, the, the likelihood that there are or there is life on mm. other planets? Um, so, you know, just some raw facts. Um, there's estimated to be about 100 billion stars in our galaxy, that's the Milky Way. So think about that, 100 billion stars in our galaxy alone, mm. and there are billions of galaxies. Um, there are 1 billion trillion stars, it's estimated, in the observable universe. So mm. 1 billion trillion. I mean, I can't even begin to think what that number looks like. Um, we've already discovered... 4,000 exoplanets. These are planets that revolve around other suns or other stars. Um, And it seems that a good number of stars will have not just one planet, but multiple planets around them. And then we've not even started talking about moons. Because even Mm. in our solar system, we've found moons that are perhaps better candidates to host life than other planets. Mm. So think about um, Europa and, and so on. So it... Yeah, the chances that there is uh, there are planets out there that are capable of of hosting life similar to us, if you like. So, you know, breathing, metabolizing, those sorts of things. Seems to be quite good, doesn't it? It seems like there is a good, strong possibility that there is life out there. We might end up finding out about this life through a number of different channels. And it's worth just thinking about those because they might, I think that will have a, and an impact upon the way that religion responds to it. So we could have, you know, aliens landing on the White House lawn, for instance. So this would be the classic alien encounter, first contact, or however you want to describe it. So we know they're aliens. They they self-identify as mm. aliens, or they self-identify as whatever species they are, and we then have to try and communicate. I mean, there's a whole host of problems that would... Uh, that would throw up. How do you communicate with something that, you know, doesn't even have anything like our architecture, brain architecture or, you know, linguistic evolution or whatever. So unbelievably difficult. If you've ever watched Arrival, the film, Mm. you know, that kind of summarizes it. And and she makes it look easy, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it would be much more difficult than that. Um, so that's one way they they come, they land, and we talk to them. Obviously, some people think they've already arrived, and that's where UFOs come from, as well. Um, the other way might be through observing a planet, one of these exoplanets that have that has a chemical composition which suggests there's life on it. That doesn't necessarily mean that life is intelligent, but it would it would be a big deal if there was life on other planets, even if it wasn't intelligent. Uh, and another way might be that they communicate to us via radio signals or light signals or something. So we actually do get a message from ET um, that we then have to try and work out what it means. So they're, they're basically the different ways that we might find out that there is life on the planet. the different ways that we know about anyway. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> These are the ways that we can imagine, I suppose. There might mm-hmm. be other ways that we can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, you know, there, there has been a lot of talk. I think um, Arthur C. Clarke, in fact, in um, 2001 Space Odyssey, there, there is a reference to this. 
to, uh, I forget the exact words, but it's like cultural shock, mm. which is why they keep it quiet if they tell the world that they've discovered this thing from an alien civilization, it will create some cultural shock and nothing's really explained what that means. But I think the assumption is, you know, that there might be civil unrest. There might be lots of joking pool about it. There is. (laughs) That's why they were like, he's like, why do you actually have a big head and like look ridiculous? And he's like, why do you think you've been seeing that for years? They've been trying to get you ready for it. That's right. Yeah, that's one of the theories that that that's why we we've been fed these images in the popular media and so on to get us ready so that when we do actually meet them, we're not uh, we're not totally uh, thrown. Mm. Yeah, so um, so that's uh, I suppose that's where we are uh, as it stands. Um, the, the the evidence is that there are things that appear in the sky lights um and so on that we can't really explain um most of the unidentified flying objects can be explained Mm. um as you know just sort of planets um natural phenomenon um maybe experimental aircraft things like that um so i think a lot of the the sightings are those things but it's that 10%, you know, and I think there's becoming much, uh, a much greater willingness to actually say, these are things we don't understand and we don't know what they are. And mm. it, at that point, then obviously, you know, you can start speculating, but that's where we are with those sorts of things. But in terms of whether there's evidence of alien visitation, I think most people, most skeptics, most scientists would say there isn't enough evidence because most of the evidence is anecdotal it's just people saying i experienced this thing or that thing like things on people's phones <laughs> yeah and um often the the quality is quite poor it could be something else and then of course you get the hoaxers who mm-hmm. make things uh to look like ufos so i think at the moment we we don't have the evidence but it feels to me like there's more uh, willingness to talk about that 10%, that, that stuff that we don't really understand. Mm. Um, and the, the way that the government or the American government describe it uh, these days are they don't really talk about UFOs, they talk about UAP, which is Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Mm. Um, because it, that can cover things that are not necessarily objects, but other things as well. So Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Yeah, uh, so... Why are you interested in the moment? I mean, you're always interested in it, but why did you want to do the podcast on it? Yeah, well, I noticed it was trending on Twitter. So that was the first I kind of Mm. heard about it. So I I followed that through. See, I just wouldn't even follow it. I'm just so like, it's probably not real, isn't it? (laughs) Like, do you know what I mean? Like in the way that you're quite dismissive, I guess, of supernatural stuff. I'm quite dismissive of the of the alien stuff. I'm like, mm, yes, the aliens are coming, you know. But I I, I just find that baffling. <laughs> why could you? Why would you not be interested in the idea that or the possibility? Well, it's not that I'm uninterested. I suppose it's just that I'm like, yes, yeah, sure, yeah, the aliens. Are <laughs> You're just coming. very skeptical. Yeah. But you know, if you've got, I've just read out to you all those statistics. You know, the chances that there is there is life on other planets is is very very likely um and all that's stopping us meeting them i think is distance really 
So, you know, that's obviously that is a big problem. We mm. we are so far away. I suppose I find closest... it hard to believe though that that like they're coming to just oh, we don't swear on this podcast. They're coming to mess with us. Imagine what oh, word well. I wanted to use. I just find it hard to imagine that they're just coming to like, you know, flash some lights and it's kind of like <laughs> like oh, maybe they are maybe they're like do you want to go mess with the humans and they're doing yeah, like, maybe knock, it's great knock and dash yeah. oh, I don't what know. are we going to do today oh I know <laughs> yeah maybe that's what that's they're doing do but I do find it quite like what are they doing just messing about like why for for why though you know well we're trying to interpret behaviour that we don't A we don't actually know what it is and B don't even if know it, if it's behaviour it might just exactly. be nothing. if it was aliens then we'd, we'd be trying to interpret a behaviour of a of a species that has no common thread really with with us. So, yeah, it, it would be very difficult. Um, yeah, I suppose I'm interested in it. As I said, I, I followed the um, the Twitter threads, and I came across some stuff that's been happening quite recently. There's been um, some discussion, and there's this report that's going to be given to. I think it's to Congress. It's to one of the one of the houses in the in the states. Um, so we're kind of waiting on that. I think it's next month we'll get that report. Mm. Or at least we'll see some of that report. Um, over the last couple of years, there's been a, a guy that's sort of appeared. Um, well, for me, out out of nowhere. Um, his name is Luis Elizondo, and he's told a story, um, and he does seem very credible. He seems like. I remember watching a program on the History Channel, and I remember saying to Sarah, to your mum, this is a different sort of guy. So this is not your ancient alien nutcases. You know, mm. This is a different sort of guy talking about this. Mm. Now, whether he's telling the truth or not, I mean, obviously I can't tell, but he he comes across incredibly credible. Yeah. <laughs> if that's a sentence that makes His any sense. His hair isn't 10 feet high and going, is it possible, and grabbing at literally the air. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He, he's just a very credible sounding person. So either mm. he's incredibly good at sounding credible, or he actually is, mm. you know, the real deal. Mm-hmm. But he tells a story of the fact that he was working. I think he was leading the team called ATIP, Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, in the states. Mm. So this is like, uh, I guess, a later version of what some listeners might have heard about project blue book which was when the the military because you know if you've got crafts invading american airspace mm. or any country's airspace then that's a threat really they, they want to know what that is mm-hmm. and if these things are doing maneuvers that are just impossible then that suggests that this threat is it could be a human threat it could be another nation that has technology that develops that we don't know about mm. or it could be obviously something else and whatever it is the military are interested in that clearly mm. so that's why i think it is credible that there would be a unit looking into this stuff so he was the leader of this unit he quit in 2017 because he was unhappy with um it not being sort of taken seriously and not being promoted but before he quit he got three videos declassified so mm. if you've watched the news at any point about this you'll have seen some of these these uh, declassified um films and these are films taken from jets um and the, the, 
the films are a little bit low quality because they're actually like targeting cameras. Mm. Um, so they're not like proper full color, beautiful cameras, but they are showing objects moving at incredible speed. And you're also hearing the audio of the pilots going, what's that? You know, what is that? And then they're trying to get a, a lock on it. Mm. And then they get a lock on it, and then you can you can see something. I mean, it's you don't know what it is. You can't really see the shape, but there's something there that is moving at incredible speeds and doing um, movements that that you know just imp- impossible. Um, even if even if they're remote, because that's a human in there or any living thing would just be just completely pummeled because of the inertia. Mm. But even if it was. Um, remote controlled it would still dis- be destroyed because it was just moving almost like ridiculously quick and uh, flicking about so there's that there's another couple as well and they they all you know that they, they're all credible people who are reporting this we've got video and so on there's also a case of two people there's commander david fravor and lieutenant alex dietrich um and they report seeing what what they call a white tic tac so, mm. you know, the little sweet tic-tacs, it was shaped like that, but about the same size as their fighter. Again, doing things that no aircraft can do. It had no means of propulsion that they could see. You know, there was no exhaust plume. There was nothing. It just literally was flitting around, moving in and out and um, matching easily whatever they were doing. And, and great. And then it, it just flicks away, just completely boom, gone. Um and there's, you know, we can we can hear now. They talk about this. That this has been declassified, so we can actually hear what these people are saying. And again, they're very credible people. So there is something going on. Now, mm. I think it could, you know, is it another state? Is it China? Is it something like that? Possible, um, but that puts them way ahead of the West. So that in itself is kind of worrying, I guess, for for the it military. Is. I mean, you don't always know with our own nations what we actually have under covers, do you? I mean, there is a there is a conspiracy theory that that suggests that, that all that's going on here is actually part of the design mm. of the government to kind Cover of throw people off. Yeah, exactly. And there was a lot of um, this. I think there's some good evidence that that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, during the kind of stealth development. So like, you know, the stealth fighter and the stealth bomber, mm-hmm. um, there were lots of claims to have seen triangular craft and so on. Um, and I think it, it did serve the purpose of of the United States to mm-hmm. let people believe it were it was aliens. And there was some misinformation that mm. was actually on purpose. Yeah. Um, put forward. So these we're getting into a little bit conspiracy theory here, but I think there's good evidence. That, I just that find that more likely. <laughs> well, it could be, you know, it very it could be, but um, you do get to a point where you're starting to involve lots and lots and lots of people. Mm. Um, and I guess, like any conspiracy theory, you know, what, when you start to have a big pool of people that are having to be in on the mm. in on the lie, then it, it gets it gets really difficult. No, it does. I just think like. Obviously, a lot of people have to be involved, but in the grand scheme of how many people are involved in, like, Mm. the government still wouldn't be... It's not like it would have to be all of them. It would just have to be a a subgroup, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know. It's not like... It's not like trying to fake the moon landings, you know, would no. take millions no, exactly. of people. Really. No, <laughs> but, no, no, um, exactly. But less. this would take a team of people, wouldn't it, mm. that are involved in yeah. 
you know. So I guess I guess that's possible. I I I'm I find that personally fairly unlikely, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't write it off. Mm. Um. So that's why I'm interested in it at the moment. Um. And I, it's a bit of a hot topic. And I thought, yeah, what would happen? Um. If it was discovered, and it, it might not be anything as um, exciting as that, you know, maybe all this stuff is is just a load of froth and nonsense. But it could more likely, perhaps, be that we find really clear signature signatures of life on another planet somewhere. Mm. Alpha Centauri is the nearest star system to us. We know it has some planets around it. The star we we think that one of them is similar to Earth. In theory, you know, we could start to find that that there's a signature of life. So just by looking at the content of the atmosphere and so on, that will give you a clue, a big clue, whether there is life or not. Mm. So maybe it's something like that. But my question really for today is, what well, what would religions do? How would religions cope with that? And in particular religions like Jehovah's Witnesses who have mm. a very a very earthbound theology really mm. so that's I suppose it's taken us quite a bit of time to get there but it's interesting to understand the background but but basically that's that's the question how how would religions cope with that so what what do you think how how do you think religions would cope with that mm. oh it's interesting isn't it because if you think back human's history is not as long as we think it is we feel like we've been here forever Mm. but um you think back not that long ago it was like religious doctrine that the sun revolved around the earth and you know because we were the center of everything Mm. um i mean like would you put a man in in a in a in a tower and wouldn't let him out for saying otherwise so um absolutely well it took copernicus in 15 43 mm-hmm. um to demonstrate that the earth revolved around the sun yeah, yeah and, and it wasn't well received yeah the, the catholic church were not happy about that so this is the i suppose this is the um if we have any history that we can go back to and say mm-hmm. right has this happened before that's often quoted as one of the, the mm. ways we can understand how people might react yeah so the way that obviously they treated they like the religious it was catholics wasn't it mm. that they locked up galileo or christianity let's say generally mm. the way that christianity reacted to galileo saying well it was maybe... the catholics because that was, was the only game in town really well yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah when they said when he was like maybe the sun doesn't revolve around us maybe it's the other way around or like, lock him up <laughs> and he was locked up for like for the rest of his life so like don't let that out no can't we have in that but it wasn't even let that out they just it was blasphemous i suppose yeah so it'd be interesting to i suppose explore why why they might might have felt that way and Mm. um does that have relevance to today so Mm -hmm. i think it it depends on the theology of the group um so listening to a few discussions about this um before we did this as part of my research it seemed that uh, there's a problem. I think it mm. was uh, Thomas Paine in mm. 1794 wrote his Age of Reason. Mm. And uh, he, he talked about the, the possibility of multiple worlds. 
And he said that if there was a plurality of worlds that would render the Christian system of faith at once little and ridiculous, and it scatters it in the mind like feathers in the air. So he felt that it would be completely blown out of the water if Mm. we did find life. And the reason for that is that if Jesus, or if God, because obviously most Christians believe in the Trinity, so if God came to earth as Jesus, died for to to save humanity um did he do that for all of the other creatures in the universe as well yeah there is or a bit of a as, joke about that on as TikTok they call it the is moment. he a space hopping god in yeah. other words does he have to go into all these different planets yeah, yeah, yeah. and do the same thing yeah there was a joke about that and they were like it was someone being like, "Oh yeah, uh, Jesus has been coming to ours. Like he comes like every every ten years." And, and like, I was like, "What? He's not come to ours since then." And they're like, well, "What did you do to him? Like we normally bring him chocolates and like, have a party." And it was like, "Oh, we um, we killed him." <laughs> yeah. It's like no wonder. Yeah. So. So yeah, that that's kind of the the, the problem, I guess, for mm. for some. I mean, from as somebody who was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, I don't understand that problem personally Mm. so the way that the way that it was explained to us was that the ransom sacrifice jesus had to come down to earth to be killed Mm. um to essentially pay the price that was required for the sins of mankind Mm. so when adam and eve sinned in the, the original sin in the garden of eden it was a. It was basically a an act that was an act of rebellion against God's authority, mm. and they wanted to make up their own mind what was right and wrong. So it was like a, a rebellion against God's authority. And the moment they did that, they introduced inherited sin into the world. Mm. So when Adam and Eve had children, they would inherit that sin. So this concept of inherited sin means that because Adam and Eve didn't have any children before they sinned, that all people are sinners, Mm. imperfect creatures. And the only way to, and because God can't just ignore his his own laws, the only way to atone for that was for somebody to pay the price. The Bible says that the wages that sin pays is death. Therefore, if you sin, you have to die. Because everybody sins, we all have to die, which is why we die, which mm-hmm. is why human beings die. In the in the beginning, God didn't intend human beings to die. We would have lived forever if it wasn't for Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve made that mistake, did that sin, which means we all we're all sinners, therefore we all die. The only way to live forever again is for Jesus to come down as a perfect man as somebody who didn't deserve to die, to lay down his life as a ransom, a ransom sacrifice. Essentially, mm. it's a courtroom drama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's right, how are we going to... So God's saying, how am I going to sort this out now? I've got this law that says if you sin, you die. On the other hand, you know, it's not everybody's fault because they, they were born into sin. How do I do it? So the answer mm. was, I'm going to send my son down, have a perfect man who mm. absolutely does not deserve to die, and he's going to die and take all of the sins mm. upon him. And that was the reason, as far as 
the witness theology is concerned. That was the reason for all the kind of animal sacrifices in the Old Testament. These were pointing forward to the idea that that Jesus was had would have to die, or that a Messiah would have to come and would lay down his life. So it's a kind of legal argument, essentially, this idea of of, um, of laying down his life. Now, as far as Jehovah's Witnesses are concerned, this happened on earth. So it was Adam and Eve that did the, the sin. Um, therefore, it was on earth that this, this situation had to be dealt with, if you like. Um, it says nothing about other planets. So this would only be a problem if every single planet God created where he put intelligent life on it, if every single planet had their own kind of version of Adam and Eve who rebelled against God, in which case he would have to do the same thing on every other planet. But I think that the the thinking for Jehovah's Witnesses is that, well, there's no reason to believe that that's the case. You know, all the other creatures that God created, they're, they're all perfect. They're all doing the right things, mm. obviously apart from the, the, the demons. Um, but <laughs> They're just having a vibe at the, the British Heart Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly um but yeah so as far as witnesses are concerned i i think that bit of it um so if we found out that there was life on on other planets even if we found out that it was intelligent life i think that jehovah's witnesses could handle that mm. because you know there's nowhere in the bible does it say that god only created life on earth mm. um, it doesn't where... say anywhere in the bible as well that he did it elsewhere and you'd think that he'd mention it it's a very good point (laughs) it's quite silent on the whole alien life it's just like so is that aliens just like wouldn't you like to know (laughs) yeah (laughs) who's to say yeah yeah it's true but uh, i mean there's all sorts of excuses i mean with the with the witnesses they'd I, I believe that they'll always make it fit. Do you know what I mean? Like, whatever happens, if the, if aliens are discovered, they'll be like, well, obviously. And they'd say, well, he never said they didn't, so it's fine. Yeah, as you I know, said, I, um, I don't think it would be a massive problem. What would be a problem is if, is if they visited and we were mm-hmm. able to communicate and they were to say something like, what, Jehovah? What Jehovah? <laughs> <laughs> so if they were to demonstrate that they had no, no knowledge of of this god that we think is the creator of the universe mm. um and if i mean who knows whether aliens or extraterrestrials have what we might describe as religion but if they did they had a completely different religious setup you know which is most likely if they do have some form of religious mm. belief I've, I believe if they are advanced, they are unlikely to have any religious belief. That's just my my personal view. Um, so either that or they had their own. You know, that would be a problem then for Jehovah's mm. Witnesses because how does that fit in? At which point, I think there's only one answer that Jehovah's Witnesses would give. Mm. What's that answer? Oh, pioneering. <laughs> What? pioneer the aliens that teach them about god <laughs> like oh no. don't worry we can help you <laughs> no i don't think i don't think it would be that because no that but no i think they think it was demons they they would oh, they right. would decide that these um beings mm. are just another manifestation of satan and his demons it's another way 
I said be racist. <laughs> for for Satan to fool mm. us. After all, he is a you know, he is a liar and he's he, he was able to um pretend to be the original serpent in the Garden mm. of Eden. Mm. So I think they would very easily interpret that. Um so I, I did have a look at the away that the um Watchtower Library to see what, what the current thinking is on that. And the most surprising thing was haven't even spoken about it since around 1990 mm. <laughs> that's a long time ago so that's you know I didn't exist 30 years ago exactly um and I so I was still going at that point and I, yeah. I do remember some of these articles because I was interested in the in the subject um and basically the 1990 awake references the condon report which is um the, the condon report okay. uh, um physicist uh, called Condon um, mm. did this report. I think it following Project Blue Book, and basically they came to the conclusion that there was nothing to worry about, nothing to see here. The witnesses um, did. They were like, "Don't." The report did. Oh right, I see. Yeah, the I report. Thought you, so I they, thought you said the awake was like nothing to see here. Don't worry about it. Goodbye. Yeah, well, goodbye. It, it suited their narrative that yeah, nothing to worry about. So a mainly skeptical stance. If I'm honest, a pretty sensible skeptical stance. You know, most of these things are. Um, physical phenomena natural phenomenon um there might be some advanced technology and so on um but then of course they start to go down little crazy town um suggests that some of it might be demonic influence in some cases Mm -hmm. so a lot of a lot of the phenomena is kind of related to what you might see Mm. with ghosts and poltergeists and so on if you've ever watched close encounters you'll remember that a lot of that is kind of fairly spooky. Mm. Um, And what I found absolutely brilliant was at the end, it kind of ends with, well, you know, God's people essentially shouldn't be wasting their time worrying about these sorts of things. (laughs) Get on preaching. That's the most important work. Do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Insight book is the other book that talks about it. And it says, the Bible does not reveal whether God created life on any of the planets in the universe. However, astronomers today have not found proof that life exists on any of these planets which is you know technically true but at the time of this writing we didn't even know there were other planets Um, and in fact no of no planet besides the earth that is at present capable of supporting the life of fleshly creatures again because we hadn't explored or found the technology yet to identify exoplanets it's not surprising that we hadn't found any evidence, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lack of evidence really just shows ignorance, not um, that there wasn't any evidence at all. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so they, they've taken kind of a fairly sceptical stance, but I, I'd be interested to see what would happen, you know, if we did. So so my, my prediction, if mm. and when we do find life, and especially if it's intelligent life, I think so long as it doesn't, interfere with that theology that i explained earlier um then they'll be okay with it if you like i don't think it will damage anything or i mean some people might get worried about it i think as soon as the aliens demonstrate a lack of knowledge about jehovah or actively say well you know this is just a primitive religion and we don't we don't have such things and i think at that moment they will become demons and uh, part of Satan's plan, mm. um, and I would suggest that that's probably where 
some evangelicals might go as well, other groups, mm-hmm. fundamentalists and so on. Do you think um, that'll have an impact on the people that believe generally, though? What, uh, that's other dis- religions? No, no, no. Oh. I mean, so, yeah, that's what, like, the governing body might say. All oh, right. Mm. But, like, you know, just going, that that's a very obvious trick. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So do you not think that'll have an impact on the the general populace of believers? Um, I think some might be worried about it. I know if I was still a witness, it would it would definitely put on my mind. I'd be mm-hmm. wanting to know. Um watching a there was a little I'll put this um link onto the show notes, but there was a quite an interesting discussion with some experts in various different fields, linguistic um, studies. Um, there was a guy there who studies dolphins to try and mm. understand dolphin language. Dolphin um, studies are wild, though. <laughs> Have you seen some of the stuff they do with dolphins? It's wild. What do you mean? Did you not hear about that study where the woman like lived oh, in yeah. the house with a dolphin? That was yeah, wild. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> yeah. If you want to have a laugh, then go find that study. The woman that lived in a house with a dolphin, like they were like taking LSD with the dolphin. It went really weird. Um, like they flooded the house a bit so that they like did. the dolphin could the dolphin like roll live in the house with her. It's ridiculous. Um, but that's not what was going on here. Then. No, that wasn't. This guy was a very sensible. Um, <laughs> He's doing proper science. Was he? doing proper science? Um, what what they do is quite interesting because they they're seeing dolphins as. You know, a kind of like an alien. Um, mm. Obviously, they're not alien. They they belong to the earth, but um, they're very different. They're in the so way they different. Communicate and behave. Yeah, exactly. And... and if we can't communicate with a dolphin, who actually is still a mammal, you know, we mm. are pretty closely related in many respects. Mm. If we can't understand dolphins, if we can't communicate with them, then what chance have we got with mm. a, a real alien? I mean, the other one is octopus octopuses you know they are even more crazy and strange they're and there's so a lot there's a bigger gap between us and um, and them biologically but but yeah it was it was very interesting listening to him they one of the things that dolphins love to do is they love to to swim at the bow bulge in front of a ship as mm. we know and they've done that for thousands of years because we've got art and so on going back mm-hmm. which shows dolphins doing that and they just love doing that so they're using that as a kind of controlled um, experiment to see what they say to each other, if you mm. like, with their clicks and their whistles and while so on, and it, while they're doing the those things. So um, it's quite a clever way of, of trying to mm. understand what's what's happening. But, you know, his point was we, we still don't really understand. We don't know a lot of what whales are doing as well. Exactly. They're like yeah, making... Exactly. Because you can hear them, can't you? They put yeah. microphones in the water, but no mm. one has any idea what they're on about. This, I mean, you know, it could it could be music, essentially, or it could just be like birdsong. It's mm. not like, com- it's complex, but it's not, um, you know, what are we going to have gonna tea make tonight? You know, <laughs> 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 exactly. Um, but yeah, we can't really understand dolphins, and we certainly don't understand octopuses. And um, so the chances well, of us communicating effectively with aliens i think are pretty slim you say that dolphins belong to the earth i mean if we're to go by an important book on the subject (laughs) the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy (laughs) who's to say yeah well they might just be they might be leaving and also we might be confusing a series of um clicks and whistles and uh, um, for actually telling us 
to get out of it. Yeah, so, so long, long thanks for, thanks for all, all the fish. fish. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to really let your mind uh, go off on one, that's a great, that's a great book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so my point was that if we did actually communicate or did sort of find that aliens were there, I think the saving grace for Jehovah's Witnesses and other fundamentalist groups like them is that the chances of them actually saying anything intelligible or communicating anything that we could understand and vice versa mm-hmm. um, are quite slim. So we might recognize that we have intelligent life in the universe, but they're unlikely to say, hey, you know that thing that you do called religion? It kind of, we, we stopped doing that like 50,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. I just think that's unlikely because there'll be a long time for us to work out what they're saying. Maybe they've got a universal translator, like all good sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there is the possibility that we are coming at this as human beings and thinking how difficult it would be. But yeah, it's possible that they may have learned our language and uh, and have a way of communicating if they There's wish loads, to. So we have loads possible. of media that mm. they could use to just input into programming if you wanted oh, to communicate. Dear. Imagine learning about us from television shows and stuff. you think tv is bad we should try tiktok oh god what they talked was via tiktok just like seven <laughs> second clips just like <laughs> yeah there's a, there's a there's a book in there somewhere mm-hmm. yeah so i think um i think it's probably unlikely to be the um the, the death knell for groups like jehovah's witnesses unless as i say unless it really does um unless they really do say, look, this is actually the truth. You, you The stuff you've been believing isn't isn't correct. So you don't uh, think I they'll think even attempt to pioneer? I no, I don't think so. <laughs> the, the idea of converting is quite interesting. Um, I think I've mentioned this book before, but there's a book called The Sparrow by mm-hmm. a writer called Mary Doria Russell, I think her name is. Mm-hmm. And it's quite an old book now, but I read it, um, oh, I don't know, 15 years ago or so. And uh, the story is about a, a group of Jesuit priests who mm. um, life is found. We, we find uh, that there is life on another planet somehow. I can't remember how. But this group of Jesuit priests basically go out to this planet to try and convert them. So that's, that is something that, mm-hmm. you know, they think is, this is now, now their mission is God is telling Wait, them to convert. You've got to imagine, I, that's what I was saying about it, because I'd imagine they would, because they think that that's the most important thing in the world to do, you know. But how would that make sense? Unless, as I say, unless the only reason the witnesses do their, their preaching work is to convert people to worship Jehovah back to the state they believe that we should have been in the first place. Mm. Well, how would that work on other planets? If 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 there's non-believers on those other planets, that means that that their planet has gone through the same problem that ours has, mm. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. That means that that the theology that, as I say, they've had their own Adam and Eve on whatever the planet it was. Mm-hmm. Well, I I think that would be. That would be really weird. So that means that God creates all these different planets with life on them, mm-hmm. giving the creatures free will, knowing that they will sin, mm. which is going to require not just sending down himself, if they believe the Trinity, or his son, if they don't, 
or another perfect being in the likeness of that of that species but that millions billions of people or creatures are going to go through misery and die just so that you know eventually this perfect sacrifice would happen that makes no sense yeah but i would put it past them dad <laughs> would not put it past them that that's what they come to the conclusion of i would I, not I'd, put it past them i would yeah i would really struggle. Yeah, like you're like oh that's really hard why would they believe why do they believe any of that why do they believe that there was a flood that did the whole world in because the bible says so this is what they always keep coming back to is, is what the Bible says, but the Bible doesn't say anything about aliens. So if if they have to, if they're going to make sense of aliens or extraterrestrials, then they're going to have to make that up. They're going to have mm. to come up with a well. They're just it's just like copy and paste, it. isn't it? It's just like well, obviously he wouldn't have just done the suffering to us. You know, we've all got to go through this process and learn. It's just the it's same. Terrible, isn't it? Yeah, God's wrathful. God's wrathful. He does awful things. He kills people all the time. He turns people to stone. But that's worse. That's worse than that because that's not only um, it's not just punishing people for what they've done. Mm. It's creating them in the first place, knowing that that's what's going to happen because it happens on all the planets Mm -hmm. that I create life. Yeah, that's that's what I. If God is real, that's what I believe. God is like Bruce Almighty. God is a mean kid with a magnifying glass, you know. Like, I mean, that would be bizarre, bizarre. I don't know. Write a sci-fi about it. Yeah, well, I've got all of the aliens finally come together. All of us, including us, right? We all come together. We finally, we're like, we go up to God and we're like, why? Why are you so awful? What is the matter with you? Yeah, Yeah, I mean. uh, um, Hitchens talks about this quite eloquently. You know, what the the mistakes that God makes are quite unbelievable, really. You know, mm-hmm. um, he creates a perfect couple, makes sure that they have free will, but doesn't actually foretell that they're gonna um, sin against him. So that's the other thing that Jehovah's Witnesses believe, anyway, is that God has the ability to foretell the future. But he doesn't always use it um, mm. because there's a problem. As soon as you start using it, then of course you're you're throwing into doubt the idea of free will, aren't you? Mm. As soon as God is able to look into the future and go, uh, you know that Adam I've just created, he's going to sin, then essentially that's predetermined. You've you've actually decided that in the first place. Yeah, but you could stop it, couldn't you? Exactly. Yeah, you could. But then. Um, why would you do it in the first place? <laughs> Why yeah. would you decide to create man in the first place? Um, there's a quite an interesting video about this that's recently come out um, mm. from one of the YouTube um, activists called Alt Worldly, mm. I think, and uh, he talks about predestination. It's quite an interesting one. You should, um, if you're interested in this subject, you should have a read. And it is it, he does highlight the fact that it is logically um, fallacious. It's uh, it's it kind of it is illogical. And also if like, you actually start asking the questions. Why does he make the tree of knowledge if he doesn't want them to go near it? Exactly. What? Why does he... Well, uh, the, He could the have reason... not made a tree. He could have not made a tree of literal all knowledge. Yeah. Well, got... the reason the reason that I was it was explained to me was that um, it was just a test, a small test. God had given Adam and Eve everything that they needed. And he says all the fruits, you know, all the... 
all the um, man didn't eat animals, so it's all the fruits and the vegetables and all the good stuff. Um, you can eat of any of the trees of the garden, anything you like, except this one tree. This is one that you're not allowed to eat from. So it's essentially God saying, um, I want to ensure that you understand that I'm the boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to be obedient and I need you to demonstrate that you are obedient. So you can eat anything else, just this one tree you're not allowed to eat from. So there's nothing magical like, about it. Why does he you're just not allowed that? to eat from Why it? does God have to have all of this power, like literally all mm. power in the universe, but like basically he's really butthurt because they didn't do as they were told. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. why does he care? Well, this is um the the witnesses see this as a as an example of God's sovereignty. So God has to maintain his sovereignty so he Mm. is the one that makes the rules he's the one that decides right and wrong and with adam and eve doing this they essentially said we don't accept your sovereignty we want to make our own mind up what's right and wrong and in the genesis account actually you see when they do eat of the fruit the bible actually does say that their eyes became opened Mm. and they realized that that they could make their own mind up about things. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing now. Mm. Um, and they notice that they're naked. At this point, they decide, oh, we need to wear clothes, which is kind of one of the earliest um, personal decisions that they make mm-hmm. up until that point. They hadn't yeah. even noticed that. It wasn't a problem. So I think I think the Bible is quite an interesting example of trying to work out this thing called free will. Mm. And... The, the the problems it gets us into but also the the wonderfulness of being able to make your own mind up about things mm. and the bible paints it or at least religions certainly jehovah's witnesses paint it that adam and eve did a terrible thing here and that the devil tricked them into doing something that was bad for them but essentially what they're doing if you think about it as an episode of star trek all they were doing was was saying i want to be able to make my own decision mm-hmm. about whether I take this fruit or that fruit. And so it was an act of rebellion, but, you know, would is it acceptable for a creator, God, if you like, to make rules, arbitrary rules that say, well, why can't I eat this fruit? Because I said so. Yeah. And if you eat from that fruit, you are essentially saying to me that everything else that I've told you, you're going to ignore as well. Mm. I just think that's the sort of thing that I wouldn't have done to you as a child. Yeah. Um, and it seems it seems quite small, a small mm-hmm. thing to do. It does. Um, but that's the that's the theology that Jehovah's Witnesses have, and I think they're not alone on that. That's something that that others that others have as well. Yeah. Well, it's why um, it's um, you know we talked about it in the interview recently, didn't we? Mm. With the whole like why the women often like you know where's all this patriarchal you know just sad come from and it's well she goes and eats the fruit first doesn't she she tempts adam yes she's tempted and then he's tempted by her yes that's right she's deceived so adam Mm. wasn't deceived eve was deceived yeah um adam kind of went in into sin with his eyes open he did it because he wanted Mm -hmm. uh well he was he was um seduced as you say by 
by his wife essentially mm. he, he he loved her more than he loved god which is again the problem that's mm. again so you're back to this idea that everything has to be about god's sovereignty and that's what jehovah's witnesses really believe so mm. going back to our alien situation mm-hmm. anything that would interfere with that i think would create a problem yeah. so i think it would have to come down to if these aliens or if these creatures demonstrated any um anything contrary to what Jehovah's Witnesses would have believed, which was that if God did create life on other planets, it would be perfect on those planets mm. and they would all be worshipping God, just like it's supposed to be in the new order. Well, anything contrary to that would suggest that they were demons. They were like the original serpent. Mm. They were like Satan. In fact, they were a manifestation of that. So, And I think Jehovah's Witnesses wouldn't be the only ones. So there could be quite militant action uh, and reaction because not all groups are kind of fairly peaceful like Jehovah's Witnesses some of them might um, Mm. do all sorts of things Uh, I suppose just kind of finishing off um, the stuff that we've talked about recently with cognitive dissonance and um, the earlier podcast we did with the paper by J.F. Zygmunt I think the evidence is that religions like Jehovah's Witnesses will do quite a lot of work to reduce that dissonance. So just mm-hmm. like, you know, Armageddon's coming in 1914. Oh, it's not happened. Oh, well, it kind of did, but it was invisible. And this sort of stuff, these sorts of antics, I think that would be the first thing that would happen. Mm-hmm. then I think there might be more problems, as I say, if these aliens demonstrated that they weren't under God's control, they weren't worshippers of Jehovah. Mm. At that point, they become Satan, I think. I see. I'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So I'm I'm fascinated by what's going to be announced at this, um, or this report. I, I don't expect it will be anything earth-shaking. Mm. Um, but it will, I don't it will think they would just do a very casual report, being like, "Lol, there's aliens. Don't worry about it, though." You know? Yeah, I know. Well, Maybe they so. try and do it really casual so that no one took it too, too, you know, too far. They're like, just there keep is, it on low down. There is a theory that that we're, as you said, sort of alluded to that that things are being gradually drip, drip, mm-hmm. drip, so that when it does happen, it's not the earth-shattering yeah. thing that it would have been. And I can't, there's some um, yeah. evidence for if, that. If that's what's going on, I can't imagine they'd tell us that during the pandemic, though. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I think What, you might. think? Because everyone's so fatigued. Yeah. They're like, I'll just tell her about the aliens. Ever, Get yeah. that out. Yeah. You have to bleep <laughs> oh, that. Oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I do. I think it's like, yeah. Well, the good. there's some good news and bad news, folks. Good news is we're getting a handle on the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Vaccines are working, you know brilliant um and it's good aliens uh, anyway next thing yeah <laughs> yeah so Cobra i don't meeting <laughs> i will see mm. right okay well i think that's um mm-hmm. that's it isn't it have we done yeah, yeah, yeah. aliens so this is about aliens not ancient aliens obviously if you're interested in the whole ancient alien thing uh, Which we is, did of course, episode. nonsense, and Dad went to a convention just to follow I went through. To, it wasn't really a convention. It was more a kind of meeting. Convention. Um, anyway, if you're interested in that subject, then, yeah, check out one of our earliest um, podcasts. It must be like two or three, I think. Yeah, so, it's uh, very early on. Dad enjoyed 
that a lot. It was. Um, I love that episode. It makes me laugh even now when I listen to. It. I like the I like the episode where I where we talk about old but now problematic. Yeah, that's another old one, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. but still good. Um, so yeah, keep listening, guys, and uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. Rate, rate us on the iTunes. Give us a review. It really does yeah. a lot for us when you do the reviews. It, you can just do really the stars. Um, you know, but we love to see the five, reviews. But we like reading the reviews. It makes yeah. me very happy. That's right. I don't quite understand how reviews work in uh, with the Apple because I understand that we might not see reviews from other countries. Okay. So if you're writing a review from the States or Australia or something and we've not said thank you, we've not mentioned it, it it's probably because we can't see it so um there's nothing we can do about it as far as i understand it but um thank you if you are writing reviews it it does mean a lot to us um we've had some really great uh interviews recently so check those out um as we were recording this on sunday morning the 23rd um the lloyd evans interview comes out so Mm -hmm. hopefully you're you've listened to that if you've not then that's a really interesting interview he's very generous with his time and um very open with it um so yeah please uh, check that out thank you thanks again see you next time on what should i think about bye what should i think about is an evil sheep production 